Welcome to The Jealous Vegan, a podcast about healthy eating, habit change, and the hurdles we all need help overcoming. I'm Jennifer Hunley, co-founder of The Jealous Vegan, also known as The Voice. Today, we are joined by April Cunningham, co-founder of The Jealous Vegan, health and life coach, also known as The Influencer. Issa Carter, fitness trainer and founder of Kinetic Fitness, also known as The Balancer. And lastly, Jendai Jackson, photographer and businesswoman, also known as The Entrepreneur. In this episode, we'll introduce the Jealous Vegan team, explain the catalyst that drove us, individually and collectively, to healthier eating habits, the story behind our name, and one thing we've learned along our plant-based crash course. So let's begin. So we launched the jealousvegan.com in the spring of 2018 as a digital destination to support, encourage, and cheer for those who want or need to sustainably change their habits, um, their eating, their lifestyle, their mindset. So we appreciate the value of plant-based and its lifestyle for the potential health benefits and environmental benefits but we also recognize how difficult it is to transition and to sustain. We are here to bring voice to the virtues and struggles of plant-based living. And yes, the struggle is very real. But also to demonstrate that it's possible to successfully navigate a life in plant-based with a little effort, creativity, and hopefully a lot of fun. Our team will support your efforts, cheer your victories, and pick you up when you're feeling like it's just too hard to continue. So first, let's get a context on where each of us are in our plant-based life. So, Lisa, we'll start with you. If you could please describe your level of health before plant-based. And was there a single event that attracted you to this kind of living? So I've always been a pretty active person. Um, I now am in the fitness industry, <clears throat> but before I, I did that, I was still pretty active and I always felt the need to eat healthy, um, but then, you know, became very popular, vegan, and a couple of documentaries and movies came out about, you know, what that looks like and how bad meat is for you. Um, and so I tried it out a little bit, and I did actually start to feel the difference of, like, eating healthier. And so I feel like once I I did a couple of, like, juice cleanses and I saw how that really makes a difference, um, made a difference at least for me, um, so I feel like that was the thing that made me really like light bulb moment of like, this they might be on to something with this plant-based thing. Um, just in terms of feeling great, I slept like a baby, my skin looked good. Um, so all those things together made me feel like this is this is the way to go. Um, but it's difficult. So. Yeah, those are pretty amazing results though. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. What about you, Dindy? What brought you to trying to live a plant-based life? So my experience is similar to Lisa's in that um, I grew up a dancer, so I was pretty into the fitness 
regime in the fitness world. Uh, I'm in terms of my eating habits, though, average American eating whatever I wanted to. I did definitely maintain a conscious level around when I stopped eating in the day. Um, so that I wasn't eating too late at night. Um, so just taking the basics of what you're supposed to do based off of what you hear on the Internet and applying it to my life. Which, of but, course, if it's on the Internet, it must be true. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was, as Lisa mentioned, the trend of the documentaries and the television shows and the articles and all this information that was coming out that drew me to this plant-based lifestyle. So I remember not having a good night's sleep. I was restless. And then What the Health came out, the documentary that... Uh, inspired my transition. So I was like, well, let me just see. Let me, you know, I, I understand the value of what they're saying. I'm not sleeping well. So let me just f- see if this is something that I could do. I did it for the first four months consistently, I would say. And like Lisa, slept like a baby, had more energy. Um, my outlook was brighter. My day was brighter. It just completely changed my life. Mm-hmm. But challenges came and <laughs> I don't know what I am today, which we'll probably talk more about. But yeah, so that that was the catalyst. Good, good. So you mentioned earlier that you're an entrepreneur, um, that you have a couple of business ventures. How does having more sleep and more energy mm-hmm. impact your ability to do those things? Yeah, having more sleep gives me a clearer mind. And when I have a clearer mind, I'm able to accomplish more throughout the day. And having and business along with a full-time job requires me to be sharp. And so that uh, extra deep sleep that I'm able to get allows me to be able to balance and tackle both at the same time. Yeah, that's really good to hear because I think most people would estimate that in order to take on a plant-based lifestyle change, they need to be able to make all their meals and do mm-hmm. all these crazy things and that maybe they don't have time. Mm-hmm. But what I'm hearing from you is that the more um, full your schedule is, maybe the better this lifestyle is can, can be for you um, because it'll give you the opportunity to have more sleep and, and do the, mm-hmm. be able to have the energy to do the things that you want to do during the day. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I will definitely say that I still don't have as much time as I would like to to prepare and cook. And yeah, I have a lot more to say about that, but <laughs> it it is ironic that eating plant-based, which takes more effort, actually mm-hmm. benefits my busy life. Yeah. And it demonstrates that it can be done. Plant-based lifestyle seems like a lot of work, mm-hmm. but it can be done even with a busy lifestyle. So April, where are you in your plant-based life? So up until Mm, the three-day challenge, <laughs> uh, the TJV three-day three DC. I would have said I was 100% vegan and the only vegan in this room, mm-hmm. um, but I failed. Um, I would say that I mostly eat plant-based most of the time, and uh, occasionally I have fish. Okay, my situation is probably very different from the three of you. Um, I grew up uh, an athlete, but pretty much overweight all my life. And so it was in April of 2017 that I was made aware of some food allergies that were impacting my quality of life. I just didn't realize it. So I have a pretty serious dairy allergy. I'm allergic to every kind of cheese, whey, everything that comes from 
that smells like it comes from a cow, I guess. Um, but I also have a um, resistance to gliadin, which is the protein that's found in gluten. And so I've just decided to eliminate those two things. And in order to give my body a break, as I realized just how much damage I was doing by ingesting those two food groups, I decided that I would try to eat plant-based as well. Partially because of the challenge to um, prove my friend April wrong, <laughs> but which actually turned out to be really fun for me. Um, it's great. I'm winning. Actually, I think I won the challenge. Which was um, that, that it's hard to eat plant-based when you're on the road. And since I travel a lot for work, I said, I don't feel like you're even making the effort. I'm going to show you how wrong you are. And so um, those two things, trying to prove you wrong and accepting the fact that I had these food allergies led me to try out plant-based living. And it actually has turned out to be a, a huge boon to my overall health. So thank you for letting me <laughs> kind of just challenge you. Yeah, <laughs> challenge you that you were wrong and that I could be right. right. I appreciate that. All right, so there are hundreds of healthy eating options. Um, why have you decided that you want it to be plant-based as opposed to maybe trying some other modality? Well, for me, I think it was the curiosity that took me there in the first place. But, I mean, I feel like the proof is always in the results. You know, that's kind of the undeniable thing. So plants is where plants are where um, I feel... My best. I I have a lot of energy. I do sleep well. I don't find that uh, eating, you know, some people say not red meat or um, not certain types of meat. But I find really all meat at this point, it does slow me down. It does make me feel a little bit sluggish. And while I still eat meat sometimes, I know that that's going to happen. And so I, I choose carefully kind of when I eat that. But I would say for me, it was in the results that I got from eating plant-based that made me say, okay, this is the one. This is the I came at it originally because I had a health event. My skin rioted. I was stressed out at work and um I we had no idea what was happening. It was breaking out everywhere. Um and I went to see a naturopathic doctor and she said, Okay, all this animal product, everything out of your diet. And I I I panicked because I was married to a carnivore and we're both trying to figure out, like, what does that even mean? Um, but I found that aligning to plant-based, I also have a dairy allergy. Um, and really, I'm allergic to every kind of meat or have an intolerance to every kind of meat. Um, <clears throat> and when I took all that stuff out of my diet, I felt calm. <laughs> and I didn't even realize that I was agitated all the time. I felt calm. Um, and it just confirmed for me some things that, Okay, there is like Lisa. There's something happening here, and I need to make sure that I let me let me let me listen to my body. Um, and as I've come into health coaching, even more so, listen to your body. And my body absolutely reinforces the the need for plants and not for animal based products. So you've mentioned to me previously um, eating lower on the energy scale. How how would you describe that to people who've never heard that term before, and, and what difference does that make in terms of you having? calm that you've described. Right. So <clears throat> when I went to the holistic doctor, she said, you need to take this stuff out and you need to eat lower on the energy scale. And I thought, what in the world is she talking about? Um, but what she meant was, she said that a cow has more energy. And so you consume that energy. That's 
versus a, a carrot, which is going to have less. Also, a carrot is easier to digest, so it doesn't take as much um, energy from the system and digestion, um, and that can calm you. And I didn't believe her. I absolutely didn't believe her, um, but it was dead on for me and my biology. I'm a firm believer in that energy uh, level too. Um, I suffered with uh, anxiety disorder, and I absolutely noticed that the more meat I ate, the more anxious I felt. And I, I have a whole other theory on it, but you know, when, when you're eating something, um, animals are not really different from humans. So the same fight or fight or flight response that we have, <clears throat> the animals also have. And so, you know, imagine how they're scared before they're being killed and then you cook them. You have to be ingesting some of that adrenaline and some of that fear. Um, but when I don't eat meat, I absolutely do feel more calm. So I know it's kind of like a Unconventional <laughs> thing. Yeah, it's like a weird theory. I feel like I should get like my aluminum hat out. You know, it's <laughs> and all the conspiracy theorists it's, are like cheering you on. But like I said, I feel like for me, the proof is always in the results. And so while people may say, oh, that's like a thing, for me, I do feel more calm and maybe it's psychological or whatever. But um, I used to actually be on medication for anxiety that I don't take anymore. Mm. So. There's proof in the results. Yeah. And I used to take uh, antihistamine. I had to take antihistamine. I thought that it was seasonal allergies. In fact, it was mm -hmm. some seasonal allergy, but mostly it was food. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Don't you guys think that there was just a major shift? I don't know if you want to call it a trend or something happening in pop, pop culture where people were talking about plant-based food. So I mean, I just feel like over the past couple of years, more than it happened with Atkins, right? At one point, that was the major thing at that time. But but then the last five years, maybe less than that, I feel like that's just where everyone is, which shows in the documentaries that are being put out. I mean, that's that's really what did it for me. Why I chose this diet over another diet is because it was just in the news. Mm -hmm. It was brought to us. People were trying it. There were so many food blogs and Instagram accounts and uh, celebrities were starting to do it. So, you know, being as though that was the information that was disseminated, I ate that up, mm -hmm. literally and figuratively. And, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and so that that's why this reigned over others. But I just feel like more than any other diet, eating what grows out of the ground <clears throat> makes sense. You know, I mean, you can try, I don't even know what the Atkins diet is, but you can try, you know, a small piece of chicken and then this and then that and some, you know, but if you just eat what the creator provided, I feel like it's going to do you a little bit better than any type of man-made concoction that's out there. Absolutely. And if you believe that we are from the ground, then there's a connection between us and those, the nutrients that are from those plants. Mm -hmm. So it mm -hmm. absolutely will make a difference in our ability to ingest it and digest it and utilize it as energy. Mm -hmm. So I'm with you on that. I was going to say too, I think uh, in terms of uh, Trinity talking about uh, the kind of rush into pop culture, I would call this generation kind of the woke generation, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so they did start questioning all of these things that maybe other people have just kind of taken for what it is. I feel like 
generations previous to to ours have just been like, this is just what it is, and we eat this, and it's fine. Mm, but ham hocks, and yeah, and, and that's you know just been passed down. <laughs> yeah, chitlins. Um, but millennials, and I think probably a little before millennials, Xers, um, are that generation of like, but is that right? You know, is that like a thing or can we do something different? Um, And I think we're a lot more conscious now, too, of our impact on the planet, you know, because we're the generation that's seeing it. Like today it's 112 degrees outside. Like that's not normal. Mm -hmm. And so we have that bit of consciousness, too, of we got to take care of some stuff. Otherwise, it's going to be a problem. Yeah. To to Jenny's point about documentaries, um, I watched a couple of... um, you know, abandon your animal products, I'll call them documentaries. <laughs> and one of them talked about how um, animal husbandry or raising animals for the purpose of consuming them is the greatest impact we have on the planet. Mm-hmm. And so more rainforests are destroyed as a result of trying to um, plant crops for animals or give them grazing land or give them a place to live. And so um, I think that there is both, as we talked about earlier, an environmental as well as a health side to looking at maybe not consuming animal products, at least the way that Americans typically do. The rest of the world does not have meat at every single meal. Maybe two or three times a week is, a, is the luxury that they enjoy. But for us, we have meat at every meal or maybe even two meats at every meal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's, I think, a shift in our mindset, but not necessarily something that's really out of bounds with our biology or the rest of the world. So. It's it's a shift, too, because there's a dependence on animals for nutrients. And animals get their nutrients from plants and other animals that eat plants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and there's a dependence on animals in the same way that we're dependent on fossil fuels. And it doesn't have to be that way. Um, I, similar to you, Jen, that I read the China study and the evidence was compelling that in other areas and other countries where they don't consume as much milk, for example, they have a lower incidence of osteoporosis than in this country where we can have as much milk as possible and the osteoporosis is higher. So it doesn't speak to, there's not the correlation that we expect, at least I was taught, more milk means stronger bones. Well, not necessarily. Um, And so it's just, it's so interesting that um, there's propaganda too that that keeps us doing um, eating what our parents ate or what our community eats that um, that isn't true and it doesn't serve us in our bodies and in our environment and in our communities. Agreed. So let's tackle one um, plant-based survival strategy that has helped you make this change and maybe move forward in your desire to eat more plant-based foods. So, April, we'll come back to you. Breakfast, okay? I My grandmother's a Southern Belle, and so American breakfast, for me, the desirable breakfast, my grandma, my mom still eats it. Um, biscuits, eggs, grits, sausage, bacon, right? <laughs> yum, yum, yum. Um, <laughs> nothing tastes like bacon. No. Uh, what did you say? Beets don't taste like bacon? Beets don't taste like bacon. <laughs> um, we believe that edible meat, is should be consumed with breakfast. So we pretty much eat it with every meal. So the question was for me, well, what do I eat for breakfast if I can't have eggs and bacon? Biscuits have buttermilk, right, and butter. Um, and my habit, my new habit was oatmeal, which um, I discovered 
it's beautiful. It's perfect. It's calming, actually. Um, it's warm. And in the summertime, sometimes I switch that up with, instead of oatmeal, I have uh, tomato, cucumber, avocado on a good hearty bread and some olive oil and salt, which I got from Jen, um, as she put that together one day at a restaurant. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. Let me, I'm going to do that. I've been doing it ever since. And it is really, um, it's good. And it nails the breakfast in a way that I wouldn't have done otherwise. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I agree with you that breakfast has become a challenge. Uh, for me, I have an egg allergy. So in addition to wanting to um, consume fewer animal products, I can't go back to eggs and... I just grew up feeling like that's what that's what breakfast is supposed to be. So that um, avocado toast pack is something that I use a lot um, just to have something hearty and f- uh, filling uh, for breakfast. What about you, Jindy? What's a, a survival uh, tactic that you've been able to employ? Yeah, so as mentioned before, as an entrepreneur who also has a full-time job, I have a combination of less time or a lack of time and laziness. So I'm constantly running around. My to-do list is very long. And as a vegan, you need to prep. You need to think ahead. You need to plan. You need to have some sort of shopping list. But I just can't. I just, it, it it doesn't happen for me. So what I do to conquer that is Uber Eats. Uber Eats, especially in the D.C., Washington, D.C. area, and and near my job, I work in the DuPont Circle area, the plant-based options are extraordinary. The ways of yesterday are no longer here, where it was a struggle to eat plant-based. I mean, every restaurant has something. It has an option for you. So I do spend a lot of money. I'm not going to lie about that. Um, That's why you work. That's why I work. That's why I have two jobs. But, uh, yeah, that's been super helpful for me. Uh, Kava. um, Just even even a taco place that has, you know, plant-based option on the menu. Um, We've actually have a couple of items listed on the restaurant guide that we posted on the Jealous Vegan. So I encourage everyone to check that out. But, yeah, I use those options, those places that we mentioned in that guide religiously, and it helps me to get over this modern woman's challenge of 2018 and beyond. Mm -hmm. I'm there with you, Mm Jendi. What about you, Lisa? So my, uh, I think, biggest problem is lack of creativity. And so, you know, my mom, for dinner for sure, was making meat and rice and... That's what you had. So um, I think like most people, I'm a little apprehensive to try something new. What if I don't like it? What if it tastes funny? What if, you know, doesn't agree with me? I'm sick later. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when you talk about other kind of cultures, food. Um, so people always are like, Indian's great. But I'm like, oh, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. So that's always uh, the problem. But I feel like now that I have gotten better at trying things that are maybe out of my comfort zone, I've gotten better at it, and I have now a repertoire of things that I I find more easily um, that I know are going to work for me. I know how the flavors pair together, and then that helps. But especially in the beginning, just 
knowing what to get if you're going to go to the store. I think like Jindy said, you, you know, we have this idea that we have to have like this list mm-hmm. and get the stuff on the list. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, but meat's not on the list. Dairy's not on the list. There is no <laughs> list. Like now what? You know, things like lentils. I'm like, I don't really know what that is. Definitely don't know how to cook it. Definitely don't know what it's supposed to go with. Um, but trying places like Kava or Bibibop, I think is how you pronounce it. Um, they have some stuff that's kind of out the box. So then when I see it in the grocery store, I'm like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah, I can like add mm-hmm. this to that's it and yeah. jazz it up. Um, so that's been really, really helpful. Um, just trying to be a lot more diverse with what I eat and thinking outside of my, you know, diet for the last however old I am. Yeah. <laughs> right. Don't admit it. It's fine. Uh, I'm with you. I think eating out has definitely been one of the challenges that I have. We live in Washington, D.C., and people want to go out to eat. It's what we do as a social event. Um, not that I don't like to cook or don't want to cook, but there's just so much opportunity to enjoy dining out with friends. And so uh, as someone with a, a legitimate dairy and gluten allergy, it, it can be challenging um, to eat out. Um, whether here or when I'm traveling for work or traveling for pleasure. And so one of the things that I've decided is that I can just order sides. I don't necessarily have to find a plant-based entree that's also gluten-free and doesn't have black beans, which I'm allergic to and is a serious challenge. Oh, no. yeah. yeah, because typically if something's going to be vegetarian or vegan, it's going to have black beans. Yeah. So that's fine, though. I just order the sides. Um, I enjoy bourbon and french fries and... I'll try to pair that with yeah. It's plant-based. <laughs> some legitimate vegetables, like some kale or spinach or salad. Um, and that actually has worked out pretty well for most places. There are very few times when I feel limited by the menu, though there are times I'm mad at the menu. Like, Why do I have to make a choice? Why can't I just have more vegetables available to me? So um, you, you'll see in an upcoming post when I was traveling recently doing a plant-based challenge for the Jealous Vegan, we went to a barbecue spot, and I was surprised at actually how comfortable I was ordering um, off of the menu things that will work for me. So I think it sometimes is a mindset that we just decide I'm going to eat plants and nothing else, and it doesn't matter that there's brisket or <laughs> sausage or whatever. <laughs> or you know, how good the ribs. brisket looks or right. smells when right. it comes. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I would say that just deciding ahead of time what you're going to do, and that despite the options, you know that there's something that you can have. And that really the point of going out with friends is to enjoy their company. So yeah. uh, focusing on that. And I really had a great time with my friends, and it didn't matter that I didn't have barbecue. Um, so There's something I want to call out in what you said, and that is that um, even when you order all the sides, there could be black beans. And what I found when I first started is that but things marked as vegetarian often have cheese. Mm-hmm. So Well, that's what vegetarian typically means yeah, but if you but but if you're trying to order the size and get things and you're trying to make sure cheese is a tricky one cheese and cheese and milk and cream is a tricky one because sometimes there's cream in the uh, mashed potatoes um and who knew gets me every time <laughs> <laughs> every time yeah typically that's how they make mashed potatoes mm-hmm. so finally we're going to keep it real we're going to take a moment to honestly share our challenges and sometimes that means failures or other information on plant-based living. So we'll start with you, April. Truth. I am not a strict vegan. Um, When I dine with people that I love, 
and I only dine with people that I love. Um, if my plant-based options are limited, I'll eat fish because to me it's more important to share with my loved ones in a mixed place, mixed company where they need to have options as well as I. I'm happy to compromise my vegan morality for the sake of love. I'll eat butter and honey too. What about you, Jindy? My truth is what I mentioned earlier. I really don't know what I am. But that's why I appreciate one of the missions of The Jealous Vegan, which is to reject dietary labels. So sometimes I eat meat, sometimes I forbid it. Uh, sometimes I eat fish, sometimes I only want vegetables, sometimes I want chickpeas over salmon. It, it really just depends on my mood for the day. Um, so if someone does ask me, oh, so are you vegan? That happened actually to me today. I, had, I went to a, a gathering and I had a plate of beans and pasta and someone was like, Oh, you're vegan, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Sure. Sure. <laughs> yes. Because it's, it's too complicated. It's too long to explain. I, you know, especially in a gathering where there's a lot of noise and a lot of people. You know, I'm not one to shout over crowds. So, yes. Sure. At that time, that's what I am. Yep. I love it. I yep. love it. <laughs> there's actually, I think, a happiness with the fluidity of... This is how I feel today. But having this overarching idea of I eat mostly plants. Right. That's my base. I like For it. sure. Mm -hmm. Lisa? So my truth would be that I am not 100% plant-based. Definitely would not label myself as a vegan. And I can't really say that I have aspirations of being like a true uh, vegan or plant-based. But... I do know that plants make me feel better. I feel best when I eat plants. Um, I, I tried being completely plant-based and it didn't work for me, but I do believe in eating with intention. So food is fuel. And so eat what fuels you, you. And so I try to eat what makes me feel good. I make really good decisions. I try or try to make really good decisions. <laughs> Let me throw that in there because sometimes I have the cake. Um, but I try to make really good decisions and um, not restrict myself, but understand that, yeah, you're going to have to have some self-control when it comes to what you're eating because you want to get a result. You know, you want to feel better. You want to run optimally. You want to have energy. You want to sleep well. So eating things that aren't going to be conducive to that are not a good idea. And so I try to eat what makes me feel good and what works for my body. And whatever label that falls in on a Tuesday is where I am on Tuesday. I might not be that on Wednesday. Right. But. <laughs> well, I already, um, I think, mentioned that I went down this path of plant-based living for a period of time uh, to give my body a break because it was recovering from all of the allergies that I had been ingesting kind of unbeknownst to me. Um, and so since then, I've discovered that going back to eating meat didn't make me feel any better. I didn't have more energy. I didn't feel, I didn't sleep better. I didn't feel more satisfied. Um, so I would say that I am primarily plant-based, though definitely not 100% in any sense of the word. So there are no strict vegans on this team, <laughs> which begs the question, why the name The Jealous Vegan? Where does that come from and what does it mean? So the word jealous comes, it means um, envious. Um, and so in the sense that uh, we are believe in plant-based and also 
also recognize how easy it is to just eat meat, just eat whatever is available to you. There's an ease in it and there's an envy around that as well. But jealous also means to be zealous for something. And we're that too. We are zealous for plant-based while recognizing, as these ladies have said, that we don't need to have the label. There's freedom in embracing what our bodies um, say it wants, um, what our bodies reinforce. And so that's what jealous comes from. We are both envious of the ease and also zealous and recognizing how important it is to eat plant-based and how reinforcing it is for our bodies, better for us and for our environment. Um, and yet also how difficult it is to do. So we don't believe that you have to declare yourself a vegan to get the benefit of eating plant-based. And we challenge you to try to be plant-based for just a few days. Check it out, see how you feel, and consider how you might eat more fruits, vegetables, and grains for the long term. You can find out more at thejealousvegan.com slash TJV 3DC or by following us on Instagram at The Jealous Vegan. Thank you for joining us today. We'll see you in the next episode. And until then, remember, don't let perfection be the enemy of progress.